Welcome to the Loved Called Gifted podcast. This is your place to come for musings about spirituality, identity and purpose. I'm your host, Catherine Cowell. So I'm delighted to be joined by Polly again for the last of this little set of episodes about Myers-Briggs. So looking at different aspects of personality through the lens of the Myers-Briggs personality type indicator. And Polly and I are not Myers-Briggs practitioners, but we have been sort of living with this stuff and thinking about it for a long time. And we've both found it a really, really helpful lens through which to look at things. So in these sessions, what we've been doing is we've been taking elements of the Myers-Briggs and using those to just talk about how we are as individuals and how we interact with one another. So if you were really interested in taking this further, then we would suggest that you either read a really good book about the subject or perhaps go and see a Myers-Briggs practitioner who could help you look at what your personality type is. So there we go. So we're on to the last one. So this time we are looking at the difference between judging and perceiving. So if I start by giving a bit of a a bit of a sort of how I would see the difference between them and then you can kind of pitch in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just to say all of these things, we all have a bit of each, but we have a definite preference for one. So we can all we can all behave in ways which fit into either category. And that's the case for all of the Myers-Briggs yeah. elements. So you can do both, but you will have a definite preference for doing one. So judging and perceiving is about how we like to make decisions and whether we like things to be decided or whether we like to keep them fluid and open and flexible. So if you have a preference for judging, then you are happiest once things are settled and decided and yes. certain. Yes. If you have a preference for perceiving, then you like things to be open and flexible for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And you're not that keen on reaching a decision. So happy to reach a decision when it's necessary, but you really value the kind of flexibility and openness. And those things have all sorts of ramifications for the way that we do life. And we'll talk about those. Absolutely. It does. Isn't it? It's like when I've done something, I would really rather have finished it rather than leave it open and wafting when I do something else. And sometimes, you know, again, because we're talking about positives and negatives, the fact that I want to finish something before I think about something else can sometimes be a real issue for somebody. Just think about how you feel when you're interrupted, when you're doing something, and that will probably show which way your preference (laughs) probably lies. So I would have in my mind the casserole test. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) sounds exciting. (laughs) Food is always a brilliant way to illustrate anything in my book. Well, absolutely. So the casserole test is this. You have got a casserole. Perhaps this casserole is only in the planning, but you know that this evening you are going to eat casserole and somebody rings you up at fairly short notice and says we fancy going out for an Indian tonight do you fancy coming with us if you have a preference for judging then it is likely that 
your first instinct is to think it's yes. a bit late we haven't decided this and i know that this evening i'm going to make casserole and so you may well say well actually we've already got tea planned but thank you for the invite maybe you'd like maybe we could plan something a bit further in advance if you have a really strong preference for perceiving then it may be that you've already started making the casserole you've chopped the onions and you think oh cool we could go for curry tonight it's all right i'll just stick the onions in a bowl in the fridge they'll be useful for another occasion well guess what i've got half of tomorrow's dinner ready yes <laughs> without having to think about it <laughs> yes yeah yeah so that would be a very typical kind of judging perceiving difference another way in which it plays out is the way that people deal with time so if you have a preference for perceiving it is more likely that you find it difficult to work out how much time you've got for stuff so you're more likely to be running a bit late or getting somewhere just in time whereas people with a preference for judging typically they're unlikely to be rocking up kind of 30 seconds before the thing is meant to start or 10 minutes afterwards because because you tend to be better at judging sort of where you are in time because you've kind of made those decisions beforehand that would be a tip that's really interesting because i'm kind of thinking hmm i i don't think with me it's that clear cut in no. times of the timing of things because if if i'm involved in delivering something for example or if i know that somebody specifically wants me there early yeah i can do that if I'm delivering, I always like to be there early because I know that if I'm there early, then whoever is organising the event can then relax. So so for the benefit of our listeners, I, I would consider myself, I, I am a, a J. Yeah. When I think about most of, most of the J people that I know are much more sticklers for time but most of the people i've spoken to with a preference for judging who do turn up late it's because they have already made a decision about how they use their time so i remember talking to somebody who definitely has a preference for judging and she said well i have decided that if what i'm doing now is more important than the thing that i'm going to yeah. then i am happy to be late whereas when I was managing a speech therapy department in a hospital, we would have meetings and I routinely would start a job before the beginning of the meeting and then realise that that was taking longer than I thought it was going to and then realised that actually the meeting was a 10-minute walk across the hospital and now I've only got seven minutes to do it in. Mm -hmm. And so I would kind of arrive sweating and panting, yes. <laughs> like screeching in the door yeah. just before the meeting started to see my colleagues who'd been sat there very calmly for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, I remember spending a morning with um, a friend who was definitely Jay definitely and he got a whole list of things we were going to do in this morning and i i could not work out how we're going to do them all because we've got about we've got about three hours and he decided that we're going to go for a walk along the seafront um, and then we were going to go and see his cousin and then we were going to go and see his mate in a different place and then we we're going to pop into this shop to do this thing and then we we're going to go to this place to do that thing then we we're going to grab some lunch and then we were going to get back to the house because there was an event happening later and i'm like that's a lot of things to fit in mm. but because he had pre-decided what time we were going to leave everywhere it worked because he'd yeah. kind of worked it out in his head so when we arrived at somebody's house we were going to be there for 40 minutes and at 40 minutes he's standing up and saying right well, it's been lovely to see you whereas 
for me, if we were in the middle of an interesting conversation, then I would have shifted my time because actually this is this that I'm doing now is more interesting. And then I would have crashed the bits that didn't involve letting other people down, like the going to the shop. And that would have got shifted because I'd got involved in a conversation and it had gone on a bit long. This, this is really interesting, actually. I've always felt with with people, I don't like to put a time limit on it. Yeah. I, I kind of, I think it's way more important. And, and if, you know, people want to tell, I, I would think, you know, my gift to being with people is to be with them for, yeah. as, for as long as they can cope with. So I, I, I kind of think, <laughs> and probably because I've been, because I've always worked pretty much full time. So I kind of think the holidays, when I am able to spend time with people, I kind of want, I want them to have as much of me as they want. Yeah. So I tend not to think about how much time I'm going to spend with somebody. So, yeah. so it'd be very unusual for me to say to somebody, oh, you know, I can, you know, I need to go now because I'm seeing so-and-so. So I, I tend to work very, very flexibly when I'm visiting people. So it, it's really interesting actually to me because I'm like, that that obviously is something where I'm almost deliberately working outside my own preference because it's to achieve something that that is more important to me. Yes. And kind of my own timekeeping yes so so i think where the judging is coming in there is that you have a predetermined decision that you've made which is people are more important so i yes. don't stick to my times when it's to do with people yeah so it's not that life has kind of taken you by surprise yeah. which it does for me <laughs> and i think oh <laughs> yeah oh the time has gone i should now. have been yeah yeah so it's a slightly so it's the same kind of it's the same kind of impact but in a different way mm. of other examples one of them i think is to do with how you complete a piece of work and where yes. you most typically see this and i think where you have <laughs> yes <laughs> so where you would typically see this is in education when you have a deadline so you have an essay or a piece of work or a project that needs to be done by a particular time it was done before it needed to be so nothing ever got to that emergency stage because it was all properly planned in so i guess that probably yeah given, that's all very jay give, given the free reign <laughs> then to set things up then i will set them up to be ready in good time and I, th I think you, you mentioned the wanting to prevent things getting to what you refer to as the emergency stage. <laughs> yes. And I think that's a really key difference between judging mm. and perceiving in that if you are talking to somebody with a preference for judging, then they will not really like things to get to an emergency mm. stage. So you want to know that this is done and dusted and sorted yes. and that there are no surprises coming down the line. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas as somebody with a preference for perceiving, I quite like a surprise coming down the line. And one of the things that often happens is that if you've got two people working together and you have a project or something that you're doing, say you're delivering a workshop together, then if you're working with somebody who's got a preference for 
judging or who has more of a preference for judging than you do, if you have a preference for perceiving, then whilst you are waiting for the adrenaline to kick in so that you can actually produce your best work, they are drumming their fingers thinking this is never going to happen. Yeah. This is feeling like an emergency. So you can cause one another quite a lot of stress. Yeah, I would say in group work, it's a real, it's a real issue. So it's about understanding whether the yeah. person that you're working with has a preference for judging or perceiving and what your yes. preference is and then how you manage how it. you manage that <laughs> expectations isn't yes because yeah. as somebody with a preference for perceiving being expected to come up with what my final answer is before i'm kind of ready to can be quite stressful so knowing that things are in the diary too far in advance i find quite stressful okay. whereas i know that if you have a preference for judging then having something in the diary is calming it's like okay yes. i know what's happening yeah. whereas i kind of think well i don't know what else is going to be going on around that i i it's yeah. i think as well that mine has definitely been exacerbated because of having a long-term illness yeah which basically doesn't leave me with much energy so I have yeah. to really really budget my energy so sometimes I know that I've probably missed out on the things that would be fun but I'm like if it's not in the diary early enough but the idea is I have a certain the energy that I have can be measured in spoons so when it comes to work responsibilities and stuff like that there's a certain number of spoons that are involved so I don't have many spoons left at the end of the day if ever and I don't often have a lot for the weekend so if I'm needing to do something at the weekend or I want to do something at the weekend I have to be a lot more careful yes. and a lot more vigilant with the spoons in the week leading up to it so it it kind of you know sits with with the judging because it's like if somebody comes to me on a Friday and says hey we're we're gonna go off you know we're going to go to the sea seaside for the weekend you want to come i was like well i can't because <laughs> my spoons are budgeted yes yeah yes i've i've got no spoons if i knew that there was the opportunity of going to the beach i i needed to be saving saving my spoons yes so yeah yeah I think what I would want my judging friends to understand about those of us who have with a preference for perceiving <laughs> is that it's quite difficult to be time efficient in advance, if that makes sense. Well, so I think yeah. one of the reasons I would tend to do things a bit more last minute is that I know that if I try and do something earlier, there is a good chance that I won't save any time. If I've got four hours to do something, it will take me four hours. If I've got 40 minutes to do something, it, it will take, take me 40, 40 minutes. minutes. Yeah. So it makes sense. People sometimes talk about playing first and working later or working first and playing later. But if you have a preference for judging and you're able to very easily make every decision about the thing that you're doing, yeah. and then when you've made your final decision, you've stopped then that piece of work is finished, yes. then actually you can easily work first and play later because you know that the work is going to take about the same amount of time. Yeah. Whereas actually, if you find it difficult to kind of settle on something, mm -hmm. then what tends to happen is that if you try and, if I try and start a piece of work early with the intention of getting it finished early, I won't get it finished early. You'll I will just take find, longer to do it. I will take longer yeah. because there are all sorts of other possibilities that yeah. kind of crop You'll up. fill the time available instead because of I'll, focusing. Instead on. of focusing, yeah, yeah. and instead okay. of making those decisions. So I'm, I'm better to kind of do the thing that needs doing in the sort of deadline -y slot rather than trying to do it earlier. 
And the other thing that I've noticed is that my tendency for perceiving is much, much more exaggerated if I'm under stress. So I can adapt quite well these days to working in a judging kind of way, in a more structured, timed way, unless there is real stress or fear around it, in which case my perceiving kind of comes out like and I presume you don't want to even think about it and, until like five minutes before you have to yeah one of the things that I've been doing recently is helping to facilitate some retreats and the way that we have been running those has been very much about giving people space to be space. with God yeah so not having lots and lots of pre-planned stuff yeah very aware that although that is a good experience it's been a good experience for everybody who's come regardless of personality type but for those who have a preference for judging kind of stepping into an undecided fairly open space i presume they do they need a bit of a starter activity or something that they can focus on to help them start (laughs) (laughs) so you're (laughs) that's interesting we (laughs) So we well no we don't we don't really so what we what we we do have a little bit of structure in the day, and I'm and I'm very careful to tell people about the structure that there is, although all of it is flexible, so you can turn up or not, because I kind of think well at least if we're really clear about we will be meeting at half past ten if you'd like to come and we will have a we'll have a circle of us and we'll have opportunity for people to talk about where they're up to and what's happening for them so to kind of say that is a thing that that happened if you have a preference for perceiving that there is a sense of oh, oh goody goody yes yes so that kind of i can relax into this because there's because it's flexible whereas if you have a preference for judging there's a real oh i can relax into this because i know what's going to happen it's probably you know i'm thinking it's probably a bit like the way i used to approach spring harvest so other festivals are available. Okay. Yeah. Other co- other weekend conferences around Easter are available. But you would get given a programme. And yeah. to me, I'd be like, right, I've come here specifically for this event. Sometimes it would be to hear specific people because they'd been advertised as being there. So I'd be yeah. like, right, I want to go to this, this, this. And in the first session you go to, they always say, oh, here's the programme. But don't feel that you have to go to everything. You know, take time out, take space. And I'd be thinking... But I've come here. This is what I've come here for, is to go to all these things. <laughs> and basically, to get my money's worth by going to all these things. Because the way that I work it is that I go to all those things. I write notes. As, yep. as you all know, I'm an absolute manic note taker. And to a certain extent, the things that I would be thinking about, there would be takeaways that I would take straight away. But potentially, again, one of the reasons why I write notes is because I would do my pondering mm. after I've received all of the all of the speaky bits. So I wouldn't necessarily feel that I needed time off between sessions to go and ponder it because I'm like, no, I'm I'm collecting. Yeah. As we talked before, I'm collecting all the information about this particular topic and then I will think about it. So again, that's playing into the the other 
it's the other preferences, isn't it, that are kind of, it's sort of working together. They all work together, but there's a lot of, but you can hear that kind of Jay and you're all much more relaxed talking about, well, there's spring harvest and there's a programme. Yes, yeah. And even me mentioning, well, there's a retreat and there's lots of free time and you can do what you want. And there's this quizzical kind of, but do people know this is what's going to happen? Well, do they know I, what kind I of hell just, you're inviting them to? I would kind of have an understanding of what a retreat is. Mm. So I would understand that oh, it no, we would do have, tell people yeah. About. I think it's really interesting to look at some of the other ways in which that wanting to make a decision kind of feeds into how we lead our lives. And one of them is that people with a preference for judging are much happier with rules and standards than people with a preference for perceiving. Because a rule or a standard or a protocol is a pre-made decision. So we have decided that this is how the world works. And so if you can go along with that, then that kind of then obviously that will work and we don't have to make that decision again because we've made it once already. Which is fine, absolutely fine, while all those decisions are written down on a piece of paper. Mm. The minute that they experience people, it tends to go out the window. Yes, it does. <laughs> but you're, but most people with a preference for judging are yeah. quite keen on, well, this is these yes. are the rules, these are the standards, what, this what is how I it works. What I expected to do, yeah. Yes. Judging sometimes... Judge has become a bad word, she says. But it's that, that thing that we think, oh, that means that we're judgmental. And it's like, well, no, actually not. But to a certain extent, we've, we're very good at, at labelling behaviours as being good or bad when it when it is a preference. And again, other personality things that I, I looked at just never sat right with me. Yeah. Which is why I really like Myers-Briggs, because as soon as I found it, it just seemed to have that flexibility in it. And because it's a preference and it's expressed as a preference, I'm like, actually, that, and thinking about it, that gives me back when I'm talking about it, when I'm thinking about it, it gives me back the power over the situation. Yes. And you know, I, I really like how it works when you start to move into things like stress because it's like I can understand that if I have to keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on compromising my own preference, then eventually that will become really, really, you know, too much stress yes, for me yeah. to stand. And actually, it is important. It's not essential, but it is important to find a balance between places where you are able and you know, situations where you can be in your preference and balance that with the situations where for whatever reason, your own decision or somebody else's, etc., where you you are working outside your preference. So you can do it, but you, you need to know that in in working outside of your preference, you you will probably need to offset that with some leisure activity or something where you where you are able to work within your preference you would have fun planning things yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well sometimes it is just sitting down and, and sitting with you know pens and pencils and writing things in notebooks it's like even if it you know those plans don't actually come to fruition so, and to the point <laughs> even that sometimes i write down what has happened in a diary after it's happened and you're like what is the point of that but it's kind of gives you some structure yeah so reference points yeah 
Yeah. If you have a preference for judging, then it is very likely that the classic thing of I will do my Bible reading or my meditating or my whatever in this chair, in my house at this time of day, every day, and I will have this routine for it. If that works for you, then that's great. But if you have a preference for perceiving, trying to do that is likely to be difficult. And rather than it being life-giving, it is likely to be life draining. So whereas that structure works for somebody with a preference for judging, if you've got preference for perceiving, that isn't going to do it. So one of the one of the things that has been kind of in my mind for quite a number of years about so how do you manage it? And I think it's about swapping routine for intention. So I will keep up with my fitness routines and my my keeping fit and my spiritual my spiritual disciplines if that is something which is high in terms of intention. So I have I've been I've been running for the last few months and that's something which I've I've done in the past and that's going quite well. I do not run at the same time every day, but it is in my mind that that is something which is a priority. So every two or three days I will go for a run. And it might be in the morning or I might do it later in the day. It's going to fit in somewhere. Um, and the same with my spiritual disciplines, they will fit in somewhere. But I wonder whether what happens with your people with the timetables is that often what happens if you have a preference for perceiving is that when you start something, it's exciting and new and yeah. interesting. And the creating the timetable is exciting and new and interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and then the first couple of times you do it, it's really like, oh, yeah, this is fun. cool. I like this. This is good. I've never yeah. done this before. This is good fun. By the time you're on day three, it's like, oh, yeah, this is all right. I did this yesterday and the day before, but this is all right. By day four, you're like, yeah. by day seven, like, oh, my life, this is just deadly. And I'm not really thinking about the thing that I'm meant to be doing. What I'm thinking about is oh, I need to get to the end of this. So you need to plan that in. You need to say, well, I'm going to, rather than creating this timetable, you you need to find a way of putting a bit of variety into it. So you could have, for example, for your revision timetable, you could spend your time writing down all of the topics that you are going to do, fold them up into bits of paper, stick them in a jar. Lucky dip. Yes. Have a lucky dip. Yeah. But you're, and you might do it at different times. Yeah. So you, yeah. you keep some variety or you're chilled with the fact that if you started reading a book and you're getting a lot out of it, uh, I think I'm thinking particularly of the kind of the sort of the spiritual discipline type things where this is your way of meditating or this is your way of praying and you can work through this. Well, it may be that you only get three chapters in and then you're like, oh, well, then swap. It can be really freeing, though, particularly for those of us who are perceivers to know that that it's okay it's okay yeah. not to be one of those people who does things regularly and i and i think that to always kind of label being regular as self-discipline makes those of us for whom that really doesn't work yeah. feel a bit crap to be honest because it's like what? so i can't do the self-discipline then well i can Again, but I'm going to do it differently. We used to joke, you know, there's a particular set of Bible notes in there every day with Jesus. And we used to call it sort of maybe once a month with Uncle Selwyn, if the wind's in the right direction, <laughs> on on the basis that it, it just wasn't always something that, that you you might, you would be able to stick to religiously on a daily basis. Yeah. So, so 
But there are lots and lots of situations where that is sort of seen as yeah, that implication. the way of the way yeah. of doing things. And if that isn't what's going to work for you, mm-hmm. then it is about working with yourself and working with what does work. And and actually there is just as much self-discipline required to know these are the things that are my priorities. So these are the things that I'm going to give some time to and have a bit of focus around. And I might do that flexibly if I need to, or I might have elements of routine and elements that aren't, but understanding that that's how you work, I think is really good. Mm. I do wonder whether... If you have a preference for perceiving, you're more likely to do some of those re-examining kind of core beliefs and things earlier on because you're generally more flexible about stuff. But certainly I know that I have come across a number of people who definitely have a preference for judging who in terms of their beliefs about the world have been much, much slower to shift and be flexible than friends who've had a preference for perceiving and that thing about it's interesting that you should talk about the fact that people kind of trumps most things for you but for people who are more task focused and also have a preference for judging there can be a tendency to have particular kind of views of the world and it especially rears its head in terms of I must do this I must do this or the world's going to come to an end yes and this is what I believe that God mandates this 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 and this and it doesn't matter if you turn up and your life is showing you something different Mm. but you can get that kind of rigidity and where people have been battered by religious systems it quite often is because somebody has had a rule for example we do not allow divorce well that's fine until somebody's marriage breaks down for some reason perhaps perhaps you have an, a partner who's who's been abusive perhaps you just were never suited to one another perhaps something else has come along and being together is not reasonable anymore if somebody is very very jay about that and says no this is these are the standards then people can get battered by it mm. and then equally folks would say well actually it's really good to have some level of structure and understanding that gives people some scaffolding but I suppose my reason for talking about the rule thing is that I think that is one of the things that sometimes sometimes happens for people with a preference for judging that there are kind of particular sort of standards Mm -hmm. I I think for me and and obviously I mean you will know this some some of the people listening to this will know that I've I've done I've got a lot of experience with kind of working and one of the things that I I do enjoy doing and it sounds a bit bizarre but I do enjoy working with people um for whom life has not turned out yeah to be good <laughs> for them in yeah. lots and lots of ways and I think and and coming you know with have with having that J stuff I think that what has made the difference for me is that there is just something, and and I look on it as being it, it. It's just I think it's kind of the gift. I have to be careful now because I might start crying. But I think this is the gift that God gave me from a very early age. That somehow I didn't equate His love for me in other people's behaviour to me. Yeah. What whatever whatever they kind of gave allegiance to. And because I was abused when I was a child, I think that 
that's something that has has really it really helped to transform if you think that experience because i didn't think other people that i've met um that similar stuff has happened to they really struggle sometimes in their relationship with god because and and especially you know i've i've worked with people for whom that abuse came within the church mm. and you're just like good goodness knows you know there is so much about that that is just so horrendous to deal with but i think there's just this thing that knowing that god loved me whatever and that just seemed for me to transcend a lot of the kind of loops or places where i could have got stuck and mm. become judgmental it didn't happen because i was like but actually you know god's love is is all about it's all about meeting that person where they're at it's not about that person doing being you know getting everything right and it's it's kind of like the reading that i've done since has probably given me a better set of language to talk about it but it's like you know that a lot of the heroes you know in hebrews all of the you know those the, the people who are mentioned as being full of faith when you look at those people they were fallible you know david a man after god's heart when you look at some of the stuff he he did it's like he would have been thrown out most most of the churches in in the u.s most of the churches that we know he'd have been thrown out for most of the stuff that he did and yet that thread through his life of and and his relationship with God is, you know, held up to us as being something that you know that that is that is the example of you know somebody who who was always seeking after God. Mm. So I think if you if you read if you can read the Bible and I, and I guess this was it as well. A lot of the Bible I was able to read it before somebody else had told me what it meant. Yeah. So it's like I could I could think about it in terms of, you know, well actually, you know, God is in this situation. God is loving this person. Look what they're doing. Oh wow, they're doing this. That that is really bad. But actually, mm. you know, that you know, God hasn't, you know, kicked them in the face. You know, God hasn't walked away from them. So actually, you know, there there, there must be something more more to it. But I, I think it, it, you know, I'd say for me, I know I would say that for me it's it's a gift. Yeah. It just happens to be a, a, a gift that was given. One of the other things that had occurred to me mm -hmm. in thinking about this is that there is an advantage to not having made decisions that you kind of then struggle to change. Mm. So one of the things that I know is that in the work that I do, quite often there's an element of sort of creativity. And sometimes I'll have come up with an idea, but when I've pondered a bit longer, I can see a better way of doing things. So taking a little bit longer to decide and having the flexibility to kind of go back mm. and redo something, I think sometimes means that you end up with a better result. The Sometimes you don't, because actually sometimes having something pre-planned works better. So if somebody has a preference for judging and they have really meticulously planned something and found materials, then you might end up with a better quality result. But there is something about not necessarily leaping to the first conclusion. Mm. And I see that in picnic spots. There have been experiences in my life where 
people with a preference for judging have arrived first and not picked the best picnic spot when we went for an event and it, this was drawing people from all over the place um, and the people who'd planned this said oh there's this amazing country park it's a really beautiful place and indeed it was and so we'll go there which meant there was a huge drive for everybody so we arrive and these people who were very much preference for Jay they had turned up they had parked their car in the overflow car park you know when you have sort of overflow car parks which are sort of semi-grassy but it was a piece of car park that nobody nobody else was there when they stopped but they just stopped got all of the stuff out so when we arrived in the overflow car park we we had this whole event in the car park and we we're in this huge country park like i would not do that as somebody with a preference for perceiving i would turn up and i would for quite a bit of time well, presumably finding as, as time went on did other not, cars did not, arrived yeah, did yes. not that overflow car park end up being full of cars not entirely full of cars but there were quite a lot of cars but you know what i mean it was like we, yeah. we need to make a decision we've made a decision this is the decision this is what we're doing whereas as somebody with a preference for perceiving i will quite often faff quite a bit about well where do we fancy going so i'm not gonna pick the first indian restaurant that i think of or pick or pick the first picnic spot that i've arrived at i will spend a bit of time having a bit of a look and working out working out where i want to be and working out what's the nicest place and i might faff a bit and sort of sit down under one tree and then see another one somewhere else and that could be really annoying for somebody who has a preference for judging so well i thought we'd sat down here i thought this is what we were doing so i've just not decided yet i suppose i i i think that i'm probably quite amenable yeah and and i i'm nearly often it's like i i will always let somebody else's preference take precedent but for example i would probably if if we were arranging something in the future i would be saying right so let's take your example of a picnic right we're going to go for a picnic trenton gardens yeah. i'd be like okay that's fine whereabouts in trenton gardens do you want to meet on the car park and then I follow you? Or do you want us to meet at a particular spot at a particular time? Who is going to get there first to get the deck chairs? Or, you know, it's like if you're going to a, sometimes if there's a bunch of us going to, to one of the cafes, it's like, right, I'm like, right, somebody needs to get there and bags the table and grab all the spare chairs and stuff like that. So, so I, I don't, I tend not to set where we're going, but I will then, once somebody has decided, I will then try and sort of organise organize it. <laughs> and people with a preference for judging tend to quite like repetition and doing things yeah. again. Much more likely to have favourite films that you're likely to, yeah. that you're happy to watch more than once, particularly if you also have a set preference for sensing, I think, which you, I Yes. Yeah, which we've also talked about. But that kind of, I'm happy to repeat stuff. Once we've made a decision, this is what we do. Once we've set some rules, this is what we'll do. I think I think one of the things that I've, that I have learnt over the years is that I can end up expending quite a bit of time deciding things freshly that don't need deciding freshly. And I can save some of my mental energy. So one of the things that, I suddenly noticed a few years back is that every time 
I went into a car park, I was sort of wondering about which would be the best place to park. Well, I could park there or I could park over there. And I thought, this is daft. I don't, it doesn't matter. This is not a decision that I need to make freshly every time. You know, having something pre-decided and this is how I do it. Would probably the first space well. I find I'm going in, wherever it is. Yeah, it's quite yes. a good approach. It's interesting because I'm, again, you know, thinking about stuff. And with me and Tom, usually the arguments are because I want to get too detailed about something. And he's wanting to be general about it. Yeah. And I'm like, but what about something? <laughs> Please don't make me. Well, that's again. That's that's. But that's the S and the J, isn't it? It's the kind of the yes. detail versus yes. the big picture, yeah. and the decided versus the undecided. So you are wanting him to decide details, which yes. is <laughs> cruel. Woman. He doesn't like. I don't. I'll say terrible. <laughs> And he expects me to do something without it being planned. I'm like, how cruel is he? <laughs> I, I can truly say that he, even even though it has caused a, a certain amount of um, friction, so we shall we say over mm. the years, because we are opposite on every everything, and sometimes I'm just like, oh my goodness, how much, how long am I going to have to think this through before I can understand how to mm. approach such and such? But actually, I kind of think it would have been. I kind of think it would have been really quite boring if I'd been married to somebody that was more like me because actually I really do think that some some of the 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 best and I kind I kind of knew it by faith when I first discovered Myers Briggs. So we hadn't been married that long mm. when I discovered it, which is good. Um <laughs> I used to say to people, God and Myers Briggs saved, saved my, my marriage. marriage. Yes, you're not the first person to say to yeah, Myers-Briggs save my especially, marriage. Especially, I mean, that first year, I just found it so very, very difficult. And Tom was like, that's because everything had changed. It's like you're, you're so... And and I missed, you know, even though I was getting married, which is obviously really exciting, I really missed living with the, the person that I'd lived with, mm -hmm. my mate Helen, yeah. that I lived with for the first couple of years that I was in Stoke. And I was like, oh, but Helen always talked to me. <laughs> You don't. <laughs> Which, again, you know, that's where the kind of the introversion, extroversion thing came in because he didn't have the energy to. But I, I, I but really it's also, think that our best, the best of both of us has come out because yeah. of having... Having, having both of having those things. The, yeah, yeah, having the differences. And I think it has, it's made, I think it's made me a lot better at, at negotiating. Yes, yeah. And some people are happy just through having the opportunity to contribute to a discussion about mm. something. It it strikes me, sort of thinking back to all of the Myers-Briggs, is the degree to which each of these four things that we've looked at over these four episodes, these four sort of dyads, we've looked at introversion and extroversion, we've looked at thinking and feeling, sensing and intuition, and judging and perceiving which I think would be better named deciding and perceiving because it really is yes. about deciding yeah. things. Judging is a bit... Horrible. Bit yeah. of a, well, it's yeah. come to mean something different, I think, hasn't it, judging? I think it was just used in a slightly different way yeah. here. But all of those things run quite deep in the way that we do things. Yeah. And I've particularly noticed as time's gone by how all of those things influence small things and big things. So my example of faffing about finding a parking space and I'll faff about what to wear in the morning and what I'm going to eat. Whereas 
whereas my mum will have decided what to wear and what to eat and and how to do things that kind of pre-decided versus undecided thing it runs through everything so what your career choice might be down to down to whether you spend 30 seconds or three seconds deciding which pair of socks to wear it all it all kind of feeds in and so understanding how that works and understanding how you work and the fact that how you work is okay and understanding that other people will do things differently and that's also okay it's okay and they are not doing a bad job of being you and you're not doing a bad job of being them you are just being yourself and if somebody does something different to you there's no value implication no. in that or there shouldn't be and if somebody tries to put that kind of value implication on them it's <laughs> like come and see me and I'll go and sort them out for you yes <laughs> and again that's why I like it being a preference because I'm like a preference implies that you have some choice you and can we, do we, all of it we can you know we do have choices and we all do do a bit yes. of the other so yes. we so I do do a bit of judging and as and you do do a bit of perceiving and we've also talked about the fact that there are ways in which we don't necessarily fit neatly into these boxes mm. and the fact that we can grow towards and experiment with and play with uses the opposites and there can be great joy in that too so absolutely so thank you very much that's been great hope you enjoyed this episode of the loved called gifted podcast if you'd like to get in touch you can email loved called gifted at gmail.com you can find a transcript of this podcast at loved called gifted.com and that's also the place to go if you're interested in the loved called gifted course or if you'd like to find out about spiritual direction or coaching thank you for listening